Welcome to the eighth episode in our podcast series about positive intelligence. We are Taryn Loxo and Charlie Jett, two certified positive intelligence coaches and partners whose clients include individuals and businesses. And in the last episode, certified positive intelligence coach Carolyn Smith and Charlie discussed one of the saboteurs, the hypervigilant. In this episode, Charlie and I will continue discussing the saboteurs, and this one in specifically is the avoider. The avoider, a nasty critter, a nasty critter, Taryn. Now, the avoider avoids difficult and unpleasant tasks and conflicts. It tells you to focus on the positive and pleasant things, but it does it in an extreme way. You know, for example, they avoid conflict and they say yes to things that one would not normally want. They downplay the importance of real problems and tend to deflect others and have a hard time saying no. In a sense, they procrastinate. You can tell if somebody has the avoider saboteurs by their thoughts. Some of these thoughts can also include, this is just too unpleasant. Maybe if I let it go, it will take care of itself. Or if I deal with this now, I will hurt somebody's feelings. So I'd rather not. If I get into conflict with others, I might lose my connection with them. Or maybe it's, I have found balance and I don't wanna mess with it. I like this one a lot. I'd rather give someone else their way than create a scene. I like that one too, Taryn. But you know, as with all the other saboteurs, not all is negative. You know, people with the avoider do have their strengths. They seek, you know, they seek peace and harmony. They're easygoing, flexible and adaptable. And they're, they're generally positive and relatively non-judgmental of others. But I mentioned, as we mentioned earlier, people with the avoider take this to extreme. So I resonate with that so much, Charlie. And as you know, the ultimate goal of positive intelligence is to increase happiness and be in better relationship with ourselves and others and improve our performance and not live in that place of judgment and lack of harmony. So this happens through turning up the volume of the voices coming from the right brain and turning down the volume of the voices coming from the left brain. You got it. So let's meet this avoider, Taryn. And to start out with, Tell me how individuals know when their avoider has reared its ugly head. Mm, you highlighted it up um, earlier in the reading here, uh, Charlie, around procrastination. Ah. That's a big one. I just got off the phone with somebody and that was one of her biggest things. She's procrastinating on doing the work in her business. Yeah, they, tend to, they tend to put it off. They tend to put it off and say, I can do it later. And they, you know, later becomes a long time. It does. I mean, she stayed up all night long putting a training together that she had weeks and weeks to prepare for, but she did it the night before. And what it cost her is she was just exhausted for five days afterwards. She was exhausted by when she really didn't do anything. Yeah, she spent a lot of time worrying, so weeks worrying up up to that point, then staying up all night, and then her body physically just was burned out, and so she had to recover for five days afterwards. Oh my gosh, you know, I see, when I see people with the avoider, I kind of see them with, they kind of shrug their shoulders, you know, 
Mm. You know, it's kind of they had a little bit of a body motion. They shrug their shoulders like, oh, you know, I, I, and I don't want to do that right now, you know. I see that a lot too. And I've, I found myself doing that. One of the avoider is one of the saboteurs that I have in my composition. So I'm pretty familiar with this particular saboteur. Well, tell me about, tell me an example of how the avoider shows up with you, Taryn. Well, here's a funny story. Um, I'm just outing myself with it. Um, I also got afflicted with the procrastination um, aspect of the avoider. And it was earlier this summer, I was putting together a presentation to share at a lunch and learn. And I had known about it for months. And the weekend before I was going to present it, I decided that amending my tax return was gonna be more fun and paying the government the IRS money was going to be more fun than putting this presentation together. <laughs> now that's an extreme. <laughs> that is extreme. And thankfully, I had a great coach. I called him up. I said, help me get unstuck from this because this is just not working for me. <laughs> and it worked, but, but you, find it, you finally did it. I did. And it was, it was a great success. And now I can take that lunch and learn and share it with other businesses. And it's, it's great. It's just how much time did I spend energy worrying about putting this together when I oh, could have just sat down and done it. And that was a big cost. You know, I tell you, some of our coaches who listen to these, you know, run into the avoider when they deal with business development of how to get clients, you know, and they should pay attention to the fact that it's pretty normal to make 10 contacts before you can get one client. And so you have to kind of get used to the answer no and become a little impervious to that and learn, how, learn that that's normal. And don't let your avoider, you're not gonna get yes all the time. You just gotta go for it. Do you find right, that too? I, I do find that a lot. Um, and what I, and coach them or encourage them to do is actually have fun receiving no's. Turning oh, an it into approach. a game. Yeah. <laughs> so how many no's can you collect by actually putting yourself out there and offering up your services to them to solve their problems and collect as many no's as possible? That's a unique way to look at it. You're looking for the gift in the no. The gift in the no, because you'll learn something from every interaction that you have with somebody. And no doesn't necessarily mean you're not okay. No, no is a normal response. Normal, yeah, normal is a very gut reaction when we are faced with a proposition that feels scary. And changing our behaviors through mental fitness and is a scary thing because we have gotten so used to how we've shown up that of course the first response for most people would be like, oh no, I can't do this. Because <laughs> they're, sure. they're answering from their saboteurs. Yep, that's for sure. Now, you know, when the avoider shows up, what do you think uh, surfaces in people when the avoider rears its ugly head? So I think what you're asking is like, how, how can we start noticing when the avoider has hijacked us? Yeah? Okay. Yep. So yep. Where, for me and from what I hear from my clients, um, usually they are feeling worried and anxious about something, um, or maybe it's a fear about not looking good enough um, if they're doing a presentation or fear of showing up and being seen. So it's just, it's this, like, I just wanna hide. 
is kind of the energy. You want to shrink. You want to shrink and then you're, it kind of works in a tag team situation with your judge in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, what I found is that uh, people with the avoider, once they finally do whatever it is, they've been avoided, you know, they, they, they have a feeling of guilt later. Uh, I don't know where it comes from, but they feel a little guilty of why did I wait so long? Oh, I, okay. I was like guilt for doing the thing, but no, it's the, the shame that they're putting themselves. Yeah. Through. The shame, the yeah. shame. Okay. I agree with that. It's like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. Why did I wait so long? That's a lesson they should learn from all of this. And there's ways, ways to avoid that. But, you know, speaking of the avoider, Taryn, where do you think that avoider comes from? Hmm. Um, well, I would say there's a lot to have to do with childhood. Um, and I just might throw this one out there. Um, I, I don't have proof of this. This is my napkin theory, but I'm wondering if a lot of avoiders tend to be introverts. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I, I haven't really done any studying of this, but this is, this is something I'm sitting with today. Um, so sometimes people are just like afraid of taking up space and being seen for the gifts that they have in this world. And so they don't want to rock the boat. So childhood is, is probably that first place where it comes up. And they may have had some negative experiences as a child, yeah. you know, and then uh, need to be a peacemaker, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, they don't like the word no, and they just don't like to hear the word no. So they do things to avoid hearing the word no, you know. What, you know, the avoider tells you lies, Taryn. You know, the, the, avoid, the avoider does tell you lies. It, it, what are some of the lies that the avoider tells you? Mm, the lies that it likes to tell you is, um, here's one, you're right to spare other people's feelings. That's mm. going to help them feel better. And that makes you feel good. Right, right. Like, oh, we're just making this very easy and light and what really actually needs to happen is some conflict or a challenge night needs to be in place, but we don't know how to actually be in that uncomfortable feeling of conflict. Yeah. But and besides no good comes from conflict, does it? <laughs> now I know you're teasing me. <laughs> I am teasing you, Tim. Some of some of the best conversations I've personally had is because I've been willing to bypass the avoider and know great conversations happen because there's a difference of an opinion. That's for sure. And you mentioned uh, you mentioned cost. You mentioned earlier, you mentioned that, that, that the avoider does cost you something mm -hmm. when the avoider shows up. What are some of the the things that uh, the avoider costs you when you listen well, to that avoider. Yeah, and the example I shared before, um, it costs the the person sleep. Yeah. Right. So it can impact our health. Um, for me, growing up, um, I avoided conflict. I didn't speak my truth, and what ended up happening in my um, late thirties, early forties, is a thyroid issue came up. So that's right at your voice box, right? Like yeah. your, your th throat chakra. And it's no surprise, like by allowing myself not to speak my truth, there is a physical impact to my thyroid. Yeah. 
So it's, it's fascinating. Like those, I think physical manifestation, manifestations start happening. And, um, the other cost is not, um, having authentic and vulnerable conversations. Mm -hmm. How about you? Well, you know, I, uh, the avoider shows up with me when, uh, I wake up in the middle of the night and then I start thinking about what I could do. And then I have the courage to do it, but it's in the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, it's something I avoided and I wonder why it happened. And, you know, it just hasn't gone away. It's kind of like, it's kind of like something that festers, you know, mm. it just kind of hangs in there. And then, uh, and then, you know, with other people, when you do avoid the hard things, it seems like you might risk, risk losing a little bit of their level of trust that they can tell you're avoiding something. That if you've got bad news or you want to tell them something and you're not doing it, they can sense that. What do you think? Um, I completely agree. It is, is, it is at a unconscious level. When we are avoiding something or when I know my kids specifically are avoiding telling me some bad news either about their grades, like I can smell it a mile away. <laughs> it's like, let's have the conversation. But the fears hijack them for like not wanting to disappoint me as their mom, that I might judge them for not being good enough kids, which I think in their hearts, they know that, but the mind tells them something else. So, yeah. I'm trying to think of how it affected my kids, but I'm having a mind blank. <laughs> about that so i can't think any any and you know you when, when you when you do avoid things you do miss opportunities absolutely yeah because you're you're afraid of taking that risk yeah and you know somebody said uh you know oh, i can't remember the saying i'll remember it later but uh it, 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 you've got to grasp the opportunity when it comes along and sometimes you don't think you just do it and the avoider can really whisper in your ear. I don't mean whisper in your ear. I mean, yell in your ear. Don't do that. And then you miss an opportunity. You miss an opportunity. You know, on the bottom line, you know, how does the avoider affect you in getting away, getting in the way of performance or happiness? Hmm. Well, I think in, in the happiness bucket, um, in personal relationships, it's cost me connection. Um, and what I've noticed is when I stop letting the avoider run the show, I feel more open to sharing my feelings and my emotions, and that creates a lot more connection. Um, just last week, I felt an urge to share what I was observing with my clients. And I just wrote a felt message out to them. And the avoider was freaking out because it's like, oh my gosh, you might not say the right thing or it might not be the right words. So don't put this out there. Don't let them see you. And it almost missed that opportunity to connect with my clients in a heart space. And I got instant feedback like, oh my gosh, I so needed to hear this. Thank you so much. Wow. But that's a missed opportunity if we listen to that avoider voice. That's right. That's right. You know, uh, when, you, when you talk to your clients or think about it yourself, 
what's the most powerful way you can suggest that they can turn down the avoider's voice? And this is where positive intelligence comes in. Yeah. Um, well, the easiest way is, is taking big, deep breaths and really calming down the nervous system. Right. I find that the first place I like to go to and, and then empathy for myself. Um, empathy. What, to what, say, what, like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean empathy? Yeah. Let's, let's kind of double click on empathy. Empathy is a really hard one to actually give ourselves. I'm not sure if you've found that, um, Charles, yes. but, um, to tell myself like, it's okay if this isn't the right next move, at least you're taking a move, you're taking a step forward. Um, empathy, like you're going to be okay. This isn't the end of the world. Yeah. How, how have you seen that um, for yourself? How is empathy difficult for you to? I visualize myself as a child, you mm. know, I, and I, the picture that, that, that uh, resonates in my mind is a picture of myself along with my sister when we were about two years old sitting on the ground in front of the barn with two bum lambs and just two little kids who are just totally innocent. I try to, I try to picture myself there and have some empathy for myself and saying, Hey, that's an innocent kid. You know, I'm still that kid. And, uh, and, and that, that, that helps. And then I, I do as a positive intelligence person, some, uh, what we call, as you know, PQ exercises. And I, I don't know what yours are, but mine are rubbing my fingers together a little bit. And uh, if I do that, and that's a learned behavior, that's a habit you form. And that's a, a habit that you form when you do that. It tends to silence that avoider. It doesn't necessarily turn it off. It just turns the volume down, makes you calm. And then it summons your wiser self. Do you find that too? Um, I do. And, you know, sharing a little other secret into me, I, during this whole conversation, I've been holding on to a rock. So yeah. as a way to keep grounded and focused on this conversation so that the avoider doesn't sabotage and filter <laughs> what I want to say <laughs> in fear of judgment of like, oh, my gosh, I might not say the right thing. <laughs> You're yourself and you're saying the right thing, whatever it is yourself, you, you say, you know, another thing you do is uh, you, you search for the gift in a negative situation. You know, you, you, have you had that experience where something's happened and you've paused and you, and you look for you rather than think and dwell about the negative situation and what you should avoid and that sort of stuff. But what's the gift in that? Have you had that experience? I practice this one probably the most out of any of the um, sage perspectives of the gifts is, um, well, let's take this example of me filing my amended tax return. So the gift of all of this was I got that off my checklist like much sooner than I thought I would because that was hanging over my head as another thing to avoid to do. So that got done and I learned it wasn't that difficult to do. So I didn't have to be intimidated by an amended tax return and how to figure it out. So I, I grew some knowledge in how to handle my taxes. So that was a gift, um, wasn't expecting it, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a gift, you know, when, when I was doing uh certification actually for the positive intelligence thing i got some criticism on uh 
my niche for my coaching. And my first reaction was, uh, oh, that's wrong. You know, I'm right and all that sort of stuff. And then I sat, sat back and did a few of those exercises. And rather than avoid the, you know, what was said, you know, I thought, what's the gift in that? And the more I thought about it, I thought this was a real gift. The person who said this sort of thing is right. And it's, it's amazing what you can do when you pause and you, and you look for the gift in something. I mean, particularly the avoider, you know, mm -hmm. when uh, you're trying to avoid something, what's the gift that I can, I can have if I don't listen to that avoider. And yeah, there, there seems to be like also that gift of curiosity of like, what's the worst thing that could have happened if X, if X actually does happen, you can get curious of like, well, how bad would that really be? Yeah. And it tends to be not that bad. It's like we can actually convert that then into a gift. You got it. And what you've done is just turn down the volume of mm -hmm. that avoider and those saboteurs and turned up the volume of your wiser self. That's right. It made it so much less scary to to take your next best step. You got it. So what are some of the other uh, powers or sage powers or techniques that you think might uh, help somebody um, counter the voice of the avoider? The avoider. Um, I believe activate is a really great sage superpower. To what leverage. is activate? What do you mean? What? Activate means um, looking at the situation. So let's say it's, you're putting a presentation together and um, the avoider is going to try and create all sorts of excuses to derail derail you from putting it together. So by tapping into activate, you can know in advance that a presentation is going to activate avoider. And so you go, okay, avoider is likely going to show up here. What do I need to do to not let that sabotage? the success of the outcome I'm looking for. So you can know in advance something is going to trigger avoider and then do PQ reps. Yeah, so what you're saying is you anticipate the voice. Absolutely. And you know the avoider is gonna show up. And so you do the PQ exercises or whatever it is that, that helps to turn down that volume and anticipate that so you can actually activate what's your wiser self tells you to do. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> it has been so much fun having this conversation with you today so that we could dig deeper and share with the audience about the lies that the avoider tries to tell us to keep us from really shining our light. You got it, Taryn. And I want to thank you for joining me as a co-host today. And we look forward to subsequent episodes and taking a deep dive in some of the other accomplice saboteurs. But before we close, Taryn, as a coach, and you're a real pro, what's your specialty or your niche? And who, who are your clients? Who do you really like to coach? Well, thank you, Charles. Um, I really love helping business leaders, um, typically small business leaders, even entrepreneurs. Um, grow their business with more confidence, calm, and clarity. And um, 
Oh gosh, I could I could say lots of different things there, but the easiest way people can connect with me is through my website, um, and it's it's a different spelling. My name is unusual. Um, it's not as as easy as, as Charlie, right? So um, <laughs> I'll just spell it out here. It's uh, Taryn T A R Y N Loxo L A A K S O dot com. TarynLoxo.com. Is there a dot between the Taryn and Loxo? One word. One word, TarynLoxo.com. And you, so you can contact you at TarynLoxo.com. And you can also contact Taryn on the podcastpq.com, where you might be listening to this with just the button at the bottom under Taryn's, uh, Taryn's description and that sort of stuff. And you can contact me at podcastpq.com or my coaching site, charliejetcoaching.com. I want to thank you for joining us and we'll see you soon in our next episode where certified positive intelligent coach Angie Alexander and I will discuss the pleaser. Mm -hmm.